0: Okay, so today in my presentation, I wish to provide an overview of the ways in which Europe has become the object of communicable disease policies in three different historical uh, contexts, and particularly the International Sanitary Conference in the 19th and the 20, early 20th century, which were uh, mentioned yesterday uh, by Howard Merkel, and the establishment of the WHO Regional Office uh, for Europe after the end of the. Second World War, and uh, finally, <coughs> sorry, the involvement of the European Union from the late 1980s and particularly the creation of the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control in 2005. So, my paper analyzes uh, the uh, different attempts to protect the European space from uh, public uh, threats and uh, drawing on research which I'm uh, currently carrying out at the London School of Aging and Tropical Medicine on regional mechanism of uh, communicable disease uh, prevention and control. Uh, Now, uh, the story uh, that I'm going to tell you today begins in the uh, early 19th century at the time of the first cholera pandemics when Europe was uh, hit very badly by uh, uh, the um, cholera pandemics and uh, due to the high mortality rates and the dramatic symptoms of uh, cholera, uh, uh, the disease profoundly affected European societies, as we can see in this illustration from a French uh, magazine of the early 19th century. And besides, cholera was widely perceived as a global threat, and as a commentary uh, published in 1832 on the uh, British periodical The Quarterly Review pointed out, Cholera mastered every variety of climate, surmounted every natural obstacle, and conquered every people. So, indeed, as we can see from this map, Cholera uh, was uh, um, um, a global threat. It uh, originated in uh, uh, yes. in 1827 in the Bengal uh, region of India, uh, and then um, moved uh, to Russia, and then from there rapidly spread throughout uh, Europe. And even after 1832, um, uh, uh, um, it, um, it moved, to it spread to North America, uh, United States, and Canada. Uh, so uh, the transnational spread of cholera uh, had also an important impact on the development on the int- of international health, as it, emph- it emphasized the need for international cooperation. And governments and health authorities soon realized that uh, the uh, communicable diseases could not be only a matter of uh, national governance, but required uh, uh, common procedures and especially agreements on the uh, treatment of infected travelers at crucial entry points, such as uh, harbor or uh, land borders. and. Uh, It's important to stress that these needs were uh, also associated with commercial interest uh, as the fragmentation of quarantine policies at the time across Europe considerably slowed down commerce and trade. So there was a need of um, making uh, things uh, a little bit easier. And uh, uh, now driven by this... Concerns in the in 1851, the delegates of 12 governments convene. They meet. uh, They met in Paris at the first international sanitary conference, precisely to agree on uh, or to discuss the basis for common agreements on uh, the containment of of cholera. And uh, despite just about six months of negotiation, uh, uh, this first uh, international Sanitary Conference did not uh, uh, lead to any substantial results. However, it established the basis for uh, international dialogue in this area and also uh, led to mm, many other subsequent meetings and the first international treaty in uh, 1892. Now, what I want to say is that the history of uh, these early efforts uh, towards international health cooperation is not only interesting as the prehistory or the background of the uh, international health law and particularly the international health regulations, but uh, it also reflects wider issues of European um, identity and political culture. On the one hand, uh, the international sanitary conferences were highly political events, and it's interesting to note to notice that, uh, unlike the scientific congresses of the time, they involved also diplomats and government officers, along with scientists and physicians. And also, secondly, the in this unusual space for political negotiation, the uh, spirit of cooperation of uh, of collaboration was often counteracted by uh, various forms of nationalism, and, uh, and, and collaboration was hard to achieve precisely because quarantine policies were st- uh, strongly uh, were, were, were tightly intertwined with uh, national interest in commerce and trade protections. Okay. Uh, now, on the other hand, a more distinct and I would say a more cohesive idea of Europe emerged from uh, these uh, negotiations, and First, uh, the European delegates were primarily concerned with the protection of the European space, uh, even though cholera had much higher mortality rates in other regions of the world. And secondly, this space was not only a territorial space, but it uh, was also uh, a geopolitical space, but it was also a cultural construction that was thought it was imagined by contrast with the otherness of the East, of the Orient. And indeed, more than once, Europeans conceptualized the aims of the conferences as a civilizing mission toward the backward orient in the name of regime. Okay? And in this context of, of cultural concern, it is no surprise that, yeah, that the Mecca, Mecca pilgrimage uh, became the target of unprecedented measures of surveillance and uh, control, despite its limited role in bringing Colira into Europe. This is it. A drawing of a a Persian camp of pilgrims going to to Mecca, as we can see. It was quite uh, crowded. Uh, Now, uh, for similar reason, the Suez Canal became also a crucial uh, strategic issue. Uh, The canal was opened in 1869 uh, uh, and allowed uh, uh, mm, the um, uh, travel between uh, Europe and Asia without circumnavigating Africa. So as we can see, much. this is the old uh, travel route, and this is the new one cutting across the canal. Uh, so it was considerably faster than before, but at the same time, however, European uh, authorities were highly concerned that the canal might be the conduit for the, importe- the, um, for the passage of the Asian diseases, as they were calling at the time, from uh, uh, the Far East and India, uh, especially India, into Europe. And as the historian Valeska Huber pointed out in a beautiful uh, article which was published in 2006, and that I strongly recommend to you, uh, she said that the fundamental idea of the first sanitary conventions was to create a semi-permeable border between the East and the West, which was open for commercial enterprises but closed for microbes and other suspicious elements. Now, the second point. Despite the cultural biases and the limited scope of these early negotiations, the international sanitary uh, uh, conferences and uh, resulting conventions were uh, important as they laid down the basis for international uh, cooperation in health. And after the end of the Second World War, their legacy was inherited and carried on by the World World Health Organization, which is the health agency of the United Nations. And uh, under the WHO Constitution, which was uh, adopted in 1948, the World Health Assembly was given the uh, authority to issue new regulations on sanitary procedures to prevent the international spread of uh, diseases. And... uh, However, this new uh, regime of international cooperation was considerably uh, different from a former provision. First, the WHO was uh, was given the mandate to uh, adopt a single set of international legal rules to replace the former patchwork of 12, sorry, something in uh, sanitary conventions, which kind of accumulated over the previous 50 years of international (coughs) negotiations. And secondly, unlike the Eurocentric standpoint of the early negotiations, the WHO had an explicit uh, universalistic outlook. And as the preamble of the WHO constitution states, this uh, new approach uh, to international health uh, was a a global vision indeed. Uh, From the preamble, the enjoyment of the highest attainable standard of health is one of the fundamental rights of every human being, Without distinction of race, religion, political belief, economic or social condition. And secondly, the health of all peoples is fundamental to the attainment of peace and security and is dependent upon the full cooperation of uh, individuals and states. And now, while pursuing a global agenda, however, the WHO has always operated through a decentralized system of regional offices, which are responsible for implementation of health programs and policies in six wide geographic areas, regional office for Africa, the America, Southeast Asia, regional office for Europe, the Eastern Mediterranean, and regional office for the uh, Western Pacific, or uh, WIPRO, as it is often called. Now, in the European region, the WHO special office opened in Geneva in 1949 as a temporary agency to help the reconstruction of health system in Europe after the disaster of the war, and especially to deal with the epidemics of uh, tuberculosis, post-war tuberculosis. And a few years later, this uh, temporary office was upgraded upgraded to permanent regional office uh, for Europe, and the... um, New, uh, the central bureau was moved from uh, Geneva to uh, Copenhagen. That's the picture of the entrance of the Copenhagen office. Uh, also, since its foundation, WHO Europe has contributed to strengthening cooperation between European countries, and this approach uh, well combined with the wider set of institutional initiatives for European reconstruction, uh, such as the Organization for European Economic Cooperation, the one who was uh, the mandate to administer the money of the Marshall uh, plan basically the council of europe in one thousand nine hundred and forty nine and the european steel community in one thousand nine hundred and fifty one as, as you know is a forerunner of the european union now uh, over the years the who regional office for europe has often shifted its policy agenda according to changing priorities in public health. From the 1960s to the 1990s, this wa- there was a relative shift away from communicable disease prevention and control as a result of successful fights to uh, communi- against communicable disease in Europe, and especially uh, smallpox and, and malaria, and as well, a general decrease in communicable diseases. And uh, uh, on the other hand, there was a general increase on, of non-communicable diseases, uh, also as a result of the process of uh, industrialization and uh, urbanization, uh, so there was an increase of heart diseases, uh, mental diseases, uh, and uh, cancer. Uh, so, but, However, in the past 10 years, there has been a renewed interest on communicable disease control as a result of new threats of international concern, such as pandemic influenza, bioterrorism, and also diphtheria and multidrug-resistant tuberculosis in the eastern part of the region, and especially in Russia. <coughs> Sorry, in Russia. third uh, point, in addition to the WHO, the consolidation of the process of European integration through the European community has provided another important political platform to the shaping, to the making of communicable disease policies at the European uh, level. Early developments uh, um, uh, in this uh, sense date back to the late 1980s, however, in recent years, the European Union has significantly increased its commitment in this area. And this evolution can be explained, as was mentioned yesterday uh, uh, already, in the light of three uh, uh, on, uh, different uh, reasons. First, the increased mobility of people and traded goods within the European Union uh, uh, is a very important uh, reason, and especially after the last wave of enlargement, which radically changing the geopolitical configuration of the union, but also facilitated the transnational spread uh, of diseases over a larger scale. And secondly, as the European Union moves from a single economic market to a more political union, public health is becoming a key item on the agenda of European policymakers. And in this respect, uh, the legal basis for community planning and intervention uh, have been considerably strengthened, Although uh, in a rather systematic way and mainly through case law, as uh, Scott, uh, Monica, and Martin McKee, for instance, have uh, um, uh, nicely explained in their uh, articles. And and thirdly, uh, 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 the uh, the public health emergency uh, of uh, BSE, sorry, public health crisis uh, such as uh, BSE. Uh, the Metcow disease, uh, and uh, um, subsequent threats of pandemic influence and bioterrorism have have, uh, provided further impetus to the development of transnational mechanisms for surveillance and uh, response um, of infectious diseases in the European Union. Now, in 2005, the EU strategy... On communicable disease control has been further consolidated with the establishment of the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control, or ECDC, which is an independent uh, EU agency funded by the European Commission to identify, assess, and communicate current and emerging threats to human health from communicable diseases. According to its founding uh, regulation, this new center has a wide range of uh, tasks, including the collection and analysis of relevant uh, scientific data, the management of dedicated surveillance networks, as we have seen yesterday, there, um, uh, surveillance networks of specific diseases at the European level, maintenance of databases for epidemiological surveillance, technical and scientific evaluation of prevention and control measures at the EU level, and especially as in the long term, the ultimate goal of ECDC is the standardization of methods, because, of course, without um, uh, uniform uh, classification systems, laboratory protocols, it wouldn't be possible to aggregate and interpret data at the European uh, level. Now, in many senses, the creation of ECDC reflects an important change of strategy in EU policies on communicable diseases. Physically located in this uh, nice old building near Stockholm, the center in a way embodies the shift from a fragmented to a more centralized vision. And since, uh, as we can see here, since its foundation, the center has gradually taken over the coordination of many uh, activities which were formerly organized under different institutional or organizational arrangements. For instance, the European uh, Programme for Intervention Epidemiology uh, Training, which is basically a programme in uh, field epidemiology, the dedicated surveillance networks, uh, which formerly were partly administered or coordinated by some uh, national health institute, and also Eurosurveillance, which is the uh, sort of official bulletin of uh, surveillance and control activities at the European level. And as a strategic uh, multi-plan uh, of the ECDC has recently, recently stated in, in 2008, ECDC e- e aims to become the focal point for communicable disease surveillance in the European Union and the authoritative point of uh, reference for strengthening surveillance system in the Member States. Now, I wish to make uh, just a few points, for maybe for further discussion. Uh, Today, WHO, Europe, and the EU, uh, ECDC, uh, and the European Union coexisted two separate independent frameworks for uh, communicable disease policies and programs at the European level. However, in the past, there has been uh, not much uh, coordination between these two agencies with some undesirable consequences, such as the duplication of effort and especially in uh, the, for instance, health authorities to notify to two different agencies uh, epidemiological cases. Yeah. And uh, uh, in the past years, the situation has, has improved, uh, consider- considerably improved, at least in some areas where the two agencies have uh, actually engaged in closer cooperation, and especially preparing plans on pandemic influenza and hopefully these initial efforts will be followed by more coordination also in other areas, uh, including surveillance networks. However, the relationship between these two institutions tends to be asymmetrical as they have substantially uh, different uh, approach. In particular, uh, first of all, uh, the uh, geopolitical frames are uh, considerably different, as there are 53 member states of the WHO Europe, whereas there are 27 member states of the European Union. Although, for instance, the CDC involves uh, um, uh, also other other um, other countries, uh, like uh, candidate countries or uh, the other countries of the DC like Iceland, uh, Norway, and Switzerland. Uh, anyway, they still have different uh, geopolitical frames. Uh, but more importantly, as I uh, we have seen uh, before, uh, WHO Europe focuses on. Uh, needs and public health issues at the regional level, but still responds to a universalistic vision of human health, and it is embedded within the global structure of the overarching organisation. By contrast, EU ECDC's policies on communicable diseases are first and foremost European. In this respect, uh, in a way, they um, similar to the old sanitary uh, conventions, their main goal is to uh, protect the European space from diseases. And in in this respect, it is significant that the narrative of threats to Europe has been recurrently reproduced in EU policy discourses on communicable disease prevention, as well in scientific articles. For instance, just to give some examples from the journal Eurosurveillance, uh, these are the titles of articles which have been recently published, Extensive Drug-Resistant Tuberculosis, a Threat for Europe, Yellow fever and dengue, a threat to Europe, rit 5 fever, a threat for Europe in 2010. So uh, there is uh, nothing particularly bad about this. But uh, I wish to stress one point. Uh, EU policies are becoming increasingly important and can provide a substantial contribution to communicable disease control and indeed Indeed, EU and CDC can rely on good resources and institutional support, as well as high-level networks which have consolidated over 50 years of political and economic relationship in Europe. However, I think that eu- European policy should be more inspired by principle of global cooperation and solidarity, and not only by the mission of protecting the European citizens, as is often stated in policy uh, documents and, and discourses. Actually, the Commission has has uh, has recently uh, initiated some collaboration with uh, third countries, uh, as well as the the Global Health uh, uh, um, Security Initiative that uh, Bernie was mentioning yesterday. And uh, this is uh, very good, but uh, I think that uh, a little bit more can can be done uh, in the future. Thank you.